not Pastor Reverend's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his sacrifice. And as we come, God, church is no church without your presence. So we thank you for your presence being in this place. Help me to articulate your heart today so your people can not just know the truth, but Father, as we activate the truth, it will make us free. So I declare today that our ears are open, our minds are receptive, and our hearts are ready to receive the uncompromising word of the living God. Thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word today as we receive it, believe it, and as we do it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm so excited. If you're visiting, wave at me again. Wave, wave, wave. Visitors, visitors. Come on, give our visitors a big hand clap. Thank you for visiting online. If you're watching us for the very first or second time, please make sure you give us your name and where you are viewing from. Now, since the whole month, everybody say the whole month. For some reason, the whole month of December is considered a holiday month. And so what I'm doing, I'm doing a series that relates to Jesus and his birth. And so we're, we're going to be doing this full production that I just mentioned. And I want this production to be an outreach to our church and from our church. This way we have an opportunity to invite non-members as well as unbelievers to church. Because sometimes people never come to church without an invitation. Say amen to that. And so our series title for the whole month is Jesus, the gift that keeps on giving. Jesus, the gift that keeps on giving. Giving is what the birth of Jesus is all about. John 3.16, they're going to put it on the board. Most of us know the verse. It says, for God so loved the world that he what, church? He gave. Giving is what makes Christmas Christmas. But unfortunately, many of us, we've made Christmas and giving about us and not about him. So the goal of the series is to give us a better appreciation of what Jesus and the gift that he's given us is all about. And for us to get a better revelation of giving altogether. And so if you're taking notes, the message title today is giving with revelation. Everybody say giving with revelation. And the goal of the message today is to enhance our understanding of giving so that, watch this now, we give out of revelation and not out of obligation. That we give out of revelation and not out of situations. And that we give out of, watch this, revelation and not just regimentation. And regimentation is good, meaning that you do it on a regular basis. But if you don't watch it, if you give out of regimentation, you will lose the meaning of why you're doing what you're doing. 
And the reason we want to do that is so that God can use us to change the lives of others. Because watch this, just like Jesus is giving has lives connected to it, our giving has lives connected to it. A couple of weeks ago, I ordered some food through Uber Eats because that's how I eat these days, right? And uh, it's something that I do all the time. Well, this particular time, God wanted me to give the Uber driver $100 as their tip. Well, I had already included the $10 tip or whatever I had in the app. And so uh, I didn't want to give the $100 to the person. Man, it's not like I was going to miss the $100. I had the $100. I wasn't going to miss the $100. It wasn't going to be a struggle or a sacrifice. But for some reason, I didn't want to do it. How many have ever been like that? You know, see, this is why faith has to come by hearing. Because sometimes your flesh don't want to do some stuff. My flesh that day. And I'm a giver. I am a giver. But I didn't want to do it that day. So the person pulled up. And the Lord was like, give them the hundred. I said, no, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I even left the money upstairs because I had no intentions on giving the money to them. I said, I leave it up there. They're not going to get it. What was more interesting is the person who was driving or coming to deliver it, the person on the app, the photo didn't match the person who came in person. And so the young lady came. She gives me my food. And then this prompting was like, Give her the hundred dollars. I was like, nope. I said, bye. Close the door. And they had to walk. What happened is they, they, they parked on the curb. So they had a, a while to walk. And while they were walking, the Lord was just, I mean, this pool was like, give this person a hundred dollars. So finally, I opened the door. I called the lady back. And I asked her to wait at the door because I had to go upstairs to go get the money. Okay. And so when I came back down, I looked at the lady. I said, ma'am, I don't know if you know the Lord. I said, but the Lord told me to give you this hundred dollars and I didn't want to do it. But I'm only doing it because the Lord told me to do it. (laughs) That's what I told her, right? She was immediately overwhelmed with disbelief and and gratitude at the same time. I asked the lady, why did the Uber picture didn't match, you know, her face? And she says, well, her need was so great. She didn't have an Uber account. So she asked her friend, could she use his account because she didn't have one? And then she says, if you only knew, listen, church, if you only knew how bad I needed this hundred dollars. She said, and then she almost started crying. She says, if you only knew. Listen, Jesus knew what was going on in this woman's life, but I was clueless. Everybody say, my giving has a life connected to it. Here it was. Jesus had insight or revelation into this woman's life. I didn't. And because I didn't, I was reluctant to do whatever he was asking me to do. But he knew what was going on in her life. He had a revelation of her situation and was wanting to use me to make a difference. Her life, listen church, her life was attached to my giving. And our problem is, when it comes to giving, is that we don't normally give out of revelation. We typically give out of our situation. And so the goal of the message is to get you a revelation of giving. 
Watch this. Even if we don't have a revelation of the situation. Because there are going to be times that God may use you to do something. And you may be clueless of why you're doing it. But you don't have to have a revelation of that person's situation in order to have a revelation of what giving will do in your life and in their life. Say amen to that. So if you're taking notes, point number one is this. Giving from revelation should trump our situation. I'm going to say that again. Giving from revelation should trump our situation. Now, I was doing some research this week uh, within our church uh, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get gather some statistics that will help me help you understand how church world works. But anyway, uh, one of the things that I did, which I never do without, unless banks are asking us for specific information, but I was doing it for research purposes. And I discovered that this year, everybody say this year. Now, I don't think this was the case last year, but this year I was the largest so far now, unless somebody just want to write a huge check. I'm the biggest giver so far this year at our church. Amen. Listen, you can't teach what you're not doing. Well, you can, but I'm saying it's more effective when you're doing it, right? So here's what I want to do. I want to look at a situation from the Bible that relates to the life of Jesus. Because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at it from Jesus' perspective. And then we're going to look at it from a perspective where our lives can fit into it. So Matthew chapter 2. We're going to look, look at a group that got a revelation that caused them to give. It says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there, was, there came some wise men. Everybody say wise men. There were some wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, in other words, they were from the east coast. I don't know if there were some west coast wise men but they they were coming from the east it says where is he that was born king of the jews for we have seen his star watch this now we've seen his star in the east and we've come to worship him in other words they say we saw something that's causing us to move jump down now to matthew 2 look in verse 7 then herod when he had privately called the wise men everybody say wise men He inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. Notice he didn't say baby. But anyway, it says, and when he, uh, when you have found him, bring me word that I may come and worship him. And when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star they saw, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over the young child. And where he was, verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when, here's the focus verse. And when they, everybody say they. They. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child marry his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. Now, let me point out several things about this scenario, because sometimes when we read the Bible, we miss out on some key things that was really being said. So let me reread verse 11. It says, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Here's the first thing I want you to notice, that they didn't let the distance of travel keep them from finding Jesus and being a blessing to him. They did not allow the distance of travel and whatever they had to go through to get to him to keep them from blessing him. 
Number two, I want you to notice, listen, that they did not give the number of wise men. Now, I know traditionally we've been taught that it's three of them. But the Bible doesn't say it was three. It said just wise men. It could have been a hundred of them. Here's number three. I want you to notice that they found Jesus in a house and not the manger. Okay, so that means now where the the shepherds found Jesus, which was in the manger, was not the same place that the wise men found Jesus. The Bible says they found him in a house. Number four, I want you to notice that the description of Jesus was that he was a young child and not necessarily a newborn. And this is why this lines up when Herod wanted to kill Jesus. The Bible says he commanded for everybody two years old and under to die. Why? Because it had been a while before, listen, the shepherds saw him versus when the wise men saw him. Here's number five. Notice that Mary was there, but not Joseph. And these wise men, listen, worshiped Jesus and not Mary. Let me read that again. Verse 11 says this. And when they come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. Listen, they fell down and they worshiped who, church? They worshiped him. They did not worship Mary. Here's number six. Notice that the treasures, say treasures, the treasures and the gifts that they brought. Listen, they presented these treasures and these gifts to Jesus and not Mary. Let me read it again. Verse 11, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and they worshiped him. Watch this. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto who, church? They presented to who? They presented unto him the gifts. And this is why we're so caught up. We're giving each other gifts. Now, I, I, I ain't mad about it. But listen, the question is, Have we lost the focus of what Christmas is about? Now, I'm going to share with you next week what that actually looks like. Because Jesus is not physically here. So what does that look like? We'll talk about that on next week. But the knowledge or revelation of Jesus and his purpose in coming is what caused these wise men to get on their camels and find Jesus. And that's the point today. Is that giving is easier and better when we give from a revelation perspective. So let's look at one more scenario. Now this scenario, uh, because I'm talking about you got to get a revelation of giving. Because if you don't get a revelation of giving, then giving won't mean nothing. Or you won't understand why you need to do it. And years ago, I had to learn this revelation. And so we're going to look now in Genesis chapter 28. This principle about having uh, giving coming from a revelation standpoint. The New Living Translation of Genesis chapter 28 says this. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and he traveled toward Haran. And at sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and he stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. Notice now the direction of this stairway. It said from earth to heaven. Then it says this. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord. And the Lord said, I am the Lord your God, the father of your grandfather, of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. And the ground you are lying on belongs to you. And I'm giving it to you and your descendants. 
Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. Notice he says all the families. That includes us. You know why? Because we are descendants of Abraham. Because Abraham, watch this, his relationship with God did not come through the law. It didn't even come through genealogy as much as it came through him being a a faith person. And because now Abraham is what we call the father of faith, us through Jesus Christ makes now Abraham our father as well. And so he says, listen, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Verse 15. What's more, I am with you. Listen to this, what God is saying. He's saying this to us prophetically today. He says, listen, I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go. There's somebody right now. I don't know if you're here watching me or in the room, but you feel like that somebody has tried to curse you or tried to put some kind of spell on you. Listen, listen, there's no weapon formed against you that will prosper. Don't let the devil make you think he can do something to you that he can't. He says, I will one day I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I finish giving you everything that I promised. Then watch this church. Jacob woke up from his sleep and he says, surely the Lord is in this place. I was not even aware of it. But he also was afraid and said, what awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Everybody say he got a revelation. He went to sleep, didn't even know where he was sleeping on a rock. He didn't know that God was there. He took the stone that he had rested his head against. He set it upright as a memorial pillar. He poured olive oil over it. He named that place Bethel, which means the house of God. Although the name of the nearby village was Luz. Verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow. Watch this now. This was out of revelation. He did not do this just from a whim. Something caused him to make this vow. Listen to what vow he made. He says, listen. It says he made a vow, if God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And then he says, and this is the memorial pillar I will set up that will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tent. Everybody say a tent. Of everything he gives me. He made that vow out of a revelation. And that's what giving does. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, I was a tither. I was one of those like legalistic tithers too. Like if my check was like a a thousand dollars and twelve cents, then my tithe would be like a hundred dollars and twelve cents. I guess that's ten percent. What's 10% of $1,000 with 12 cents? It's a number. Right? I was always a, I was, I was, I was a tither. And many of you are tithers. And I really thought I was doing something when I was tithing. But as I learned more about tithing, I learned that really I'm just returning what wasn't mine. I'm just really proving to God he can trust me with what he gives me. But I didn't have a revelation of giving offering. I didn't have that. I really didn't think it was a big deal. And years ago, I met a church and uh, this evangelist was preaching. Some of you all have heard the story. This evangelist was preaching. And uh, when they got done preaching, uh, it was like a, uh, what do you call it? A revival. 
And so, you know, I'm Presbyterian. So anytime we have to come to church more than twice in a week, man, that's a lot of church for me. So uh, this, this lady was preaching. She did a great job. When she got done, she started taking up an offering. She was like, I just believe some of y'all in here, God wants you to give a thousand dollars. I was like, she ain't talking to me. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for her to come down to my level, a hundred dollars. That was it. I was a hundred dollar man, not 101, not 102, not 103, a hundred on special occasions. So she gets down to 500. She's like, you know, I believe God wants some of y'all in here to get $500. I was like, that's not me either. So I started looking down my row. I'm like, who's going to do it? I ain't going to do it. <laughs> I'm looking. So then all of a sudden she starts coming down off the, off the stage, starts walking towards me. It was a lot of people in the room like right here. I'm like, this lady looks like she's coming towards me. So, you know, when, when something is happening that you're not expecting, it kind of slows, it switches to slow motion. So then I'm watching this lady in slow motion walking towards me, not towards nobody else. She's walking towards me. And so, you know, it, I'm looking at it in slow motion. And so I'm thinking in slow motion. And so in my mind, I'm like, this woman is coming towards me. The devil is alive. So when she gets up to me, boom, it turns into real time. And she says, man, of God, if you'll give that money, God will bless you. And my brain, because I don't have a revelation of giving yet. My brain says, this is not the Lord. Because I was closing on a house in like seven days. I was like, no, 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 no. If I give that $500, I'm going to be short. So no, this is not the Lord. So the Lord said, let me give that money. And I, I know God loves a cheerful giver, but I wasn't cheerful when I gave that money. I didn't have a revelation of what giving did. So I gave that money. I wasn't happy about it. Long story short, closed on the house. Somebody ended up giving $20,000 just like that, right after we closed on the house, right? So I thought, wow. That day I got a revelation that giving offering did something than, than what tithing did. And see, once you get a revelation of it, it changes your perspective. So here's a question. Here's a question. How do we receive revelation so it can impact us? Here's point number two, very quickly. Revelation can be taught or caught. Revelation can be taught or caught. Deuteronomy chapter 29 verses, uh, verses 28 says this. The secret things, everybody say the secret things. The secret things belong to who? The Lord our God. But those things which are revealed, everybody say revealed. Those things that are revealed belong to who? Us. And watch what happens. He says, and and to our children forever. Why these things reveal, he tells us, that we may do all the words of this law. That word reveal there means to uncover or to discover or to disclose or reveal. In other words, he's saying that God reveals things to us and the purpose of him revealing these things, watch this, is to help us do his word. So the reason why some of us are struggling doing the word is because we don't have a revelation of why we need to do the word. So how do you get a revelation? Here's number one. All revelation comes from God. 
Daniel chapter 2 verse 20 says this. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his. And the changes the time. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removed kings. He sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise. And knowledge to those who know understanding. Watch verse 22. He reveals the deep and secret things. Who does that? God does. He reveals the deep and secret things. And he knows what's in the darkness and the light dwells in him. In other words, all revelation comes from God. Everybody say, all revelation comes from God. Here's a second uh, way revelation comes. Revelation comes by reading and by teaching. The NIV version of Ephesians chapter 3, the, the Apostle Paul said this, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, which surely you have heard, watch this, about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. In other words, what he was saying is, hey, uh, you Gentiles, the reason you have a revelation that Jesus came and died for you too is because of the revelation that God's given me. Watch verse 3. He says that, that this is or that is the mystery made known to me by revelation. He got this mystery by being known by revelation. And then he says, as I have already written briefly, in reading this, then you. In reading this, then you. In reading this, then you will be able to understand the insight. In other words, he says, listen, God's given me a revelation but as you read what i wrote you can get it and this is why it's important to read the word listen god can show you things in the word that you may not even hear at church say amen to that here's a third way revelation can come through the apostles and prophets the NIV version of Ephesians 3, 4, and 6. It says, in reading this, you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations as it is now being revealed, watch this, by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Notice now God has certain people that he will reveal uh, revelation to. And then here's the last one I want to, well, I got two more. Here's a, uh, the fourth one. Revelation can come from God's spirit. Here's the beautiful thing about that. Being a born again believer, we all have God's spirit. You know, God can tell you things that nobody would know other than him. I didn't know that lady's situation, but God did. And for whatever reason, I'm glad. I'm not sure what reward I'm going to get. But let me just say this to you. Let me encourage you. If you obey God, you should expect him to do something for you. People say, well, you shouldn't just serve God because he does stuff for you. Well, he shouldn't have told me he was going to do something. I mean, if you tell your kids, hey, if you clean your room, we're going to Six Flags, then they have a justifiable right to expect you to take them to Six Flags. Well, when God says, when I give, it's going to be given back to me and it's going to come in a good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Then when I do what he tells me to do, I'm expecting him to do that. Say amen to that church. Here's the next one. Revelation. Well, let me read the verse. Uh, It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. This is what the scriptures mean when they say no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those that love them. But it was uh, to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. How do he reveal things? By his spirit. Here's the next one. Revelation can come from obeying. Now, this one is interesting. You know, just like the, 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 when Jesus fed the 5,000, they didn't get a revelation that this was going to work till they obeyed him. Some things you're just not going to get a revelation of till you do it. But here's the bad thing about uh, obeying. 
Obedience does not always, even though it produces results, it does not always produce revelation. And this is why people backslide and they're giving because they don't have a revelation. They just have a regiment. So they do it. But then, you know, depending on the situation, you backslide. Well, what does that mean? You backslide. I don't mean don't become, don't serve God no more. I'm just saying you just stop doing, you know, have you ever, uh, Start being real lax on your kids. You know, you were real strict. Then you kind of start feeling guilty about being real strict. So you kind of like let let the gas off. What they do? Took advantage of it. Talking back now? What? Sometimes we do that. So here's a question. What is the revelation concerning giving? Is that giving is good? If I say giving is good. And so here's point number three as we close. Giving is good, watch this church, when my heart is good. Because the reality of giving is that it is done from the heart. So if my heart is good, giving is good. If my heart is bad, giving will always seem bad. The New Living Translation of Matthew 6 says this in verse 19. Jesus said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eats them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. He says, but store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy it and thieves do not break in and steal. Watch verse 21. I love it. He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. The living Bible says in verse 21 says this, if your prophets are in heaven, your heart will be there too. You know, that's why it's so easy for people to change churches because they're not invested in that church. Oh, it's quiet in here, ain't it? It's easy to leave a relationship when you're not invested in it. You, see, you show me a relationship and, and somebody or both people in it stop giving. I'm going to show you a relationship that either, either is it, they're going to end up splitting up or you know what's going to end up happening. They're going to become roommates. <laughs> so just look at somebody next to you, even if you're your spouse, and say, I don't know who he's talking to. Go on and tell him. <laughs> no, because giving exposes your heart. Amen. So in 2 Corinthians 9, I'm ending with this. It says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must decide in your heart, in your where church, in your where church, in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure why for god loves a what kind of giver now let me ask you a question why do you think god loves a cheerful giver why ask me why because he's a cheerful giver and he wants us to be like can you imagine praying to god and he wasn't a cheerful giver you pray and say, Lord, uh, I really want this promotion at work. He said, can you just wait? Can you call me back? Can you put that prayer on hold? I'll get back to you. I mean, he's not like that. Can you imagine? No, he wants us to be a cheerful giver because he's a cheerful giver. Say amen to that. And so the reality of giving is this. Your hands will never let go of what your heart does not want to sow. And here's how twisted we think. We expect God to give us his best, but we don't give him ours. (laughs) Say amen to that church. So, as I close with this, I was talking to my staff this, 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 this 
week because I have a real high conviction because there are two areas that I'm very gifted in. And I believe God, when he sends people here, these are areas he wants them to function in at high levels. One of them is faith. You can't beat me in that. I'm going to walk by faith. I mean, it, it might be challenging sometimes, but this building you're sitting in is a faith building. But also I'm good when it comes to finances and money. And I believe God wants to, listen, he wants to take you to new high levels. Here's the problem though. He does not give seed to the keeper. He only gives seed to the sower. So how do we apply today? How do we apply the message? Number one, you're going to have to get a biblical revelation of giving. And the way you do that is by consuming the benefits of what giving does. Because I know I changed that lady's life, even though I didn't want to do it. Number two, you have to decide to honor God with everything you receive. Number three, I want to challenge you to ask God to lead you to be a blessing to someone. Here's why. Because there is a life connected to everybody we give to. And here's what I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to give every person who has a right heart when it comes to increase. I'm going to ask him to give you some more. Here is why. Because you can't be a blessing unless you're blessed. I, I just need you to make a commitment today. Here's the commitment. When increase comes your way, I need you to remember it's not all for you. I'm going to say that again. When increase comes your way, because it's going to come. When increase comes your way, I need you to remember it's not all for you. Because if you consume it all, you have just eaten seed and God only gives seed to the who? To the sower. Bow your heads right there. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the word. There are some people in this room and that are watching me. Their hearts, when it comes to giving, is tainted. It's distorted. Some people feel abused. They've given and they've given and they've given. But it doesn't seem to have worked. But God, I hear your word telling us in Colossians that whatever we do, we need to do it all as unto you and not unto man because it's, it says that our reward will come from you. So I'm asking every, for every person whose heart, because some of you all, God is telling me you need to reposition your heart when it comes to giving. Because he wants to get some more to you. But for what, whatever it is that has clogged your heart up when it comes to giving, he's saying, only you can unclog that. I can't do it. So Lord, as, they, as we make a decision today to release and to make the change, I pray in the name of Jesus for you to increase every person under the sound of my voice, those who are watching and those who are here. God, do some things financially and from a resource standpoint that we could never do our, on our own. Father, everything that was bringing increase that has been held up, release it now in Jesus' name. Windows of heaven, be open and begin to pour out things that we couldn't do on our own. And I thank you, Lord, for just 
testimonies coming from the north, south, east, and the west of what you have done in their life. In Jesus' name. Amen. With every head still bowed, here's my question. If you die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not 100% sure...